Stuff. Welcome to another episode of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And today's guest is most definitely certified, most definitely bona fide, most definitely a pleasure to talk to. I'm so excited to welcome Sarah Watkins to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Sarah, how are you today? I am great. How are you? I am doing great. As uh, as we talked a little bit about before we started rolling, I've been a fan of yours for a while, um, and and I think we're going to get into all of those reasons. Um, but the re- the reason why we're talking for this particular show is in just three days, by my count, right? If we're being real transparent, we're recording on March twenty third, and on March twenty sixth, you have a brand new record called "Under the Pepper Tree" coming out. Yes, it's a children's record. Children's record. And that's, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. That's what we talk about here on, on this show. And it, it's, <laughs> and we're going to get way, way into it. And I'm really excited to get into it. Um, but, but one thing I like to do, um, and I think it's fun for, well, I think it's fun for me, but hopefully it's fun for people that are listening is to sort of set the scene. So I'm here in uh, Houston, Texas, in uh, my makeshift bedroom studio. Where, where are you located? I'm sitting on the floor in my living room, uh, east of Los Angeles. Very uh, nice. With my dog next to me. Very nice. It's it's the details are important. The sitting on the floor part, we've really set the scene. I'm sitting in an uncomfortable chair. We are both making it happen. This is what we do. <laughs> so so Sarah, you you're you're fairly well known, and by fairly I mean really well known musician uh, from a lot of different groups. Um, and, and I was before we even get to that, I think it's really interesting to hear a little bit about people's musical upbringing or or what gets them to this place. So like, how did you get started playing music? What are some of your influences? And and you know, so I guess like take us up to you know a couple of the bands that you've been in that people may know. I grew up in Southern California listening to a lot of um, sort of like bluegrass and folk music and, you know, normal, uh, my parents' music of the Beach Boys and Linda Ronstadt and that kind of stuff. And um, there was a band, a bluegrass band that played every Saturday night when we were kids. We became friends of the that community um, by just going to see them play every week. And um, as a kid, it just seemed like a normal thing to play bluegrass and 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 along with playing bl- traditional bluegrass uh they would play songs from the birds or the flying burrito brothers or um the eagles or john denver these other you know sort of adjacent genres and um and it just seemed normal and i loved it and as a kid uh, my brother and i started playing we met our friend our friends the Thiele's and, and Chris Thiele and Sean and I started Nickel Creek when we were, Chris and I were eight and Sean was 12. And we just played little local festivals and museum openings and street fairs. And then we just kind of kept kept playing and kept doing stuff until we were playing festivals that were a little further away. We were um, eventually, we spent started spending a lot of time in Nashville and um, and that was my main gig until I was about 26, 25, 26. And, um, and then I started doing some solo records uh, just under my name. And I'm very lucky that in between solo records, I get to be a part of other bands too. I got to tour the Decemberists and a bunch of other musicians who I, who I love and 
I'm, I'm also part of a band called I'm With Her with Sarah Jarose and Aoife O'Donovan. And, um, and my brother and I do things under the Watkins family are basically I just <laughs> I move from project to project and then kind of circle back again. And right. uh, I'm really lucky because it it keeps things diverse. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you find that each of these projects has a different a different vibe? Right. Like it, it is oh, all totally. right. It's all under this kind of umbrella. But, you know, and I think that this is interesting for for people to hear that, like when people bring even if they've been playing together for a long time, like like with with Nickel Creek and then you go and you do these other things like, yes, because you've been playing musically one way for a long time, when you bring in these other elements, it can really change things. Um, I think that's totally. And. I feel like part of the reason we were at Nickel Creek was was the the main gig for all of us for so long. But at a certain point, because it was, uh, it we had focused so much on that band and and what we do as a band, it kind of felt like we had just farmed everything from that creative ground. And in taking steps away from that and doing other things, we realized you know we all grew as musicians and as people and. Um, I find that every project sort of, it's like crop rotation, you know, it, right. one, one band kind of um, nourishes the creative soil for, um, for the next project. Right. So, so what instruments do you play? Mostly just fiddle. Fiddle. Okay. Um, I'll play guitar if I have to, um, but generally there's somebody better in the room and I'll just very quickly hand over the guitar to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So uh, that's so interesting that, that that you started playing when you were eight, um, you know, playing festivals and things like that. So you, you, and in some ways, I mean, I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old here at home. Um, and just based on what I've seen from them, I think it's kind of safe to say that you grew up on stage. Do you, does that like, does that ring true? Do you think, or does, is that just like, yeah, I mean, we did that, but like, yeah, I was really growing up like just as a kid, like running around and riding my bike and things like that. Well, it's true that I, I did grow up uh, at, at playing on stage a lot from from a pretty young age. But I, I really think of the community of people around that whole thing, around that whole scene as that was me growing up. Like I grew up going to festivals. I grew up playing with with kids and adults who loved the same kind of stuff that I did. Um, I grew up doing that stuff. And what's involved in, in all of that other stuff, what, what's involved is, is, is kind of preparing yourself for the time when you do have to perform on stage. You get to perform or compete. Uh, we, I would enter fiddle competitions and, you know, you practice, you focus on a couple of tunes that you could really get get comfortable with and then you'll enter a competition you'll play against other kids your age or other people at this at a similar level and um and maybe you get a hundred bucks and nice. it's great and it, <laughs> as a kid it was it was huge um a huge motivator to get to to feel like well maybe i'll <laughs> like my good friend gabe witcher i've known him since i was eight or ten and we used to compete against each other he always beat me um and uh but i would go away from from festivals and think like okay i'm gonna learn this tune and next year i'm gonna beat him <laughs> and then we'd come back together you know nine or ten or twelve months later and compete again and he had gotten a little better i had gotten a little better um, and it was it was a really neat um it was a really neat way to learn about 
stick to itiveness and uh-huh. practice and um, overcoming obstacles, like challenges, and and being brave. Huh. Amazing. Yeah. And, and the fact that there there's a competitive element to it is not something that I factored in to the whole thing. You know, I think that mm-hmm. that's that's a really interesting piece that it, it sounds like you emerged from it much, much stronger. That's a really that's amazing. The competitive thing is, is real for sure. And yeah. even like when you're getting you're playing in jams with other 14 year olds, you know, every time the solo comes around, you're trying to you got to shred. You're trying to up the ante. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to shred. Trying to impress people. <laughs> who's Who's the best person you ever heard play? I mean, it's. I, I think as a teenager, I'd have a very short list, but now as a grown up, I, you know, there's there are so many things that make something good. So many different quali- qualities, and um, maybe somebody's objectively perfect, but maybe that's not who I want to listen to all the time. As a grown up, right. you sort of you find different reasons to value things. Right. That was a very good answer. Well done. Um, so, so let's, so, and then you spent, you also spend time with, I'm with her um, and just such beautiful music made between the, the three of you. Um, how did that project come together? Was it just, you know, you guys all made friends and, and at one point said, let's do it. Let's jam. Basically. Yes. We, oh, we good. knew each other. Um, well done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We knew each other, and we knew uh, particularly of each other. Jeroz and I d- had not spent a lot of time together off um, just socializing, uh-huh. except uh, at, until we were together at, at Telluride, and there was a workshop that um, that they set up. It was a vocal workshop, and there were five or six of us to be, to be on stage. And um, we just we got together ahead of time. We, we wanted to know if anybody wanted to get together ahead of time and, like, figure out a song to start with or something. And the, mm-hmm. the three of us were the only ones who, who wanted to rehearse. And so, um, <laughs> or were available to rehearse and, um, and it was a really fun thing. And then, uh, on stage, it was, it was, it was super satisfying. We had another opportunity to, to do a little opening slot later that weekend. And, uh, and we just kept wanting to do more of it. That's amazing. Yeah. I highly recommend that for anyone looking for some great, great harmony, some great, great listening for some great harmonies. That's that is a group to check out for sure. So thank you. Absolutely. So, Sarah, how do we then get to Under the Pepper Tree? What motivated you to make a record for for kids? You know, there's a lot of layers here, too. It's not just that you made a record for kids, but you got you put a lot of thought into the kind of music that you were making and for the time of day that it might be the the best to play it. So before we get into like sort of the nitty gritty behind the, the, the theory of the record, what what sort of inspired you or brought you to this point to say, I'd like to try to make a record for kids and families? Well, I have a toddler now and um, and I thought a lot of it just comes came from wanting to to play something, to play music for her, and I couldn't find the record that I wanted to play for her. So um, I, it just kind of got me thinking, well, what what do I want? What am I trying to, to play for her? And and I was inspired also by, um, you know, just the need for rhythm in life, in family life, and, and how much that has, that, that makes things a lot simpler in my house anyway. And um, I... I 
was thinking about the songs that served me really well, served me as a, as a kid, but also have stayed with me in my adulthood and have um, kind of, and have sort of come to the surface at different times in my life when I needed comfort or when I was just feeling sentimental or, or imaginative. And, uh, and I have, so I had these, you know, eventually these 15 songs that, um, that I wanted to put together in a way that would, um, would be, would ease the transition from, from busy daytime activities into a more, um, into that sort of like twilight dreamlike state that you can be in just before bed. Mm -hmm. The best state. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the songs. First of all, there, there's a, a real collaborative spirit on here. Um, you know, you, the, the, the guest artists range from your, your colleagues in nickel Creek to I'm with her to, um, to, uh, to the singer from Dawes who Taylor, right. Um, mm -hmm. who was just Taylor like, Goldsmith. yeah. Um, you know, because, <laughs> because there, that's a great band, by the way, we won't get into that, but I'm like trying to pull up the, think of the lyrics in my mind of like, uh, everything it only <laughs> happens to you or whatever the song of theirs that I love and looking, I'm a little embarrassed. I can't get to it yet. And then David Garza don't, don't sweat it. <laughs> <laughs> and David Garza as well. So how, how were the the so I understand the collaboration with with Nickel Creek. I understand I'm with her. How did you get to get to know and work with Taylor and with David? Uh, well, I love that you know that you know Garza. Um, he I met uh, David as he goes by. I met him through Largo a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago. Like Largo, and the, Largo the, is the a, club in L.A. Mm -hmm. Largo's uh -huh. a venue in LA that um, that it has an incredible community of people around it. Um, it. It's a culture established by the the, the guy who owns it, Flanny. And uh, so I met I met David a long time ago, and and um, and he's become a dear dear friend. And Taylor I met while making my second record with Blake Mills. Um, I think I met him when, when he was just, when he was just dropping something off at the studio we were working at and Blake, we needed someone to sing harmony and Blake just got him to come in and sing harmony on a couple of songs. Uh -huh. um, and then from there I, we became friends and I, we, you know, have toured together and, and done a lot of shows. Um, the family hour is a residency that my brother and I do. And, it's been a wonderful way to um, to just play with people who are in town who want to yeah. play. And so uh, Griffin and and uh, Taylor Goldsmith and um, a lot of other musicians in town will, will come by and, and play with us. And it's, it's a really great community of players out here in Los Angeles right oh, now. Oh, definitely, yeah. So anyway, so um, he, he sings on this Harry Nelson song that we recorded. Nice. Excellent. Uh, and so, so I wanted to, um, I wanted to hear a little bit about a couple of the songs that you chose. Um, the ones and the ones that really captured my attention, 
there, there's an aesthetic to them, not just musically, but visually when I watch the videos. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about the sort of the visual of, of this record. Like, and the first one was, was tumbling tumbleweeds. Um, and you know, that's a song I know from growing up, but what, what draws you to that song and, and what drew you to, to include it on the album. And that's one that you did with your bandmates in I'm with her. Um, and, and then just the, the video and the, the thought process behind that artistic representation. Uh, tumbling tumbleweeds is a song that I grew up listening to, uh, as sung by the sons of the pioneers, because, uh, in the Southwest, you know, Southwest part of the country, um, if you're at all on the fringes of, of bluegrass and cowboy stuff, it's, it's right there in the water and it's a really beautiful, um, it's a very beautiful thing to, to listen to their harmonies and, and that lifestyle is just very nostalgic for me. Cowboys and horses and tumbleweeds and all that stuff. That's, that's right here where I, where I grew up and, um, and it's always felt close to me. And it was really wonderful to get I'm With Her to sing on it, largely because when I became a mom, I, I was on tour with I'm With Her. Uh-huh. And um, so they will forever be a huge part of, of my motherhood experience mm-hmm. and um, and support system. <laughs> and, uh, and the visuals, as far as the visuals, I have to tell you, I'm so glad that you are into it because I have... I'm just so in love with the visuals of this album. I, while we were making it, I was trying to figure out what the artwork, what the artwork would look like. And I, I pretty quickly settled on, on collage. And I was looking for collage artists because there's this, you know, this beautiful, surreal, fantastic quality to the, the medium of collage because of the different textures and perspectives and, and that, that you can use to, to create this, this impossible picture. And, um, so I, I was introduced to Adam Snezek's work. Uh, he lives in Florida and, um, and he just did an incredible job. And then, uh, the, the the videos were used from the little pictures of the artwork all the all everything that you see on that tumbling tumbleweeds video is imagery from Adam's artwork on the album right yeah and um, this really talented uh, maker his first name's Merton I don't I don't want to butcher his last name from Turkey he uh. Uh, put together the stop motion um, videos four stop motion videos using exclusively the artwork images and uh, the pieces of the artwork and um I, I, I the visuals were for me always really important on this record and that's not been the case for me in the past on other records um but i think this year um during lockdown one of the things that i did was just go through my record collection which is largely records i've never listened to and may not ever listen to so i went through them all and i kept the ones I wanted to listen to again and I got rid of the ones that I didn't need anymore and uh, alphabetized them and I also went through I had this collection of kids records that I had purchased on the road when I was um, pregnant and so we started listening to a lot of those records old Winnie the Pooh records and Sesame Street and all that stuff and you know some of it's super outdated and not not uh, suitable 
uh, for today's listening. But um, but there's a lot of really beautiful stuff, especially the Winnie the Pooh stuff that we, that we've gotten to. And they, the artwork is beautiful. They have books with pages to so these records that uh, and I did. You grow up with records at all? I I was at the Michael? tail the tail end. Um, but I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Like those Sesame Street. Re- <laughs> this is the big work here. But those Sesame Street records were like really formative. You know, I, I remember yeah. them so vividly and I remember and, and like to this day, I think they hold up better than so many other things. So it's really similar to how you feel about the Winnie the Pooh stuff. Um, it, it, it's super related. And yes, absolutely. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I have I have and I found it really easy for me to listen to it, too, when it's on in the house. It doesn't annoy me, The it's calming. Mm-hmm. It's not high pitched. And and tink and like twinkly, it it just seems it's very uh, mellow and and soothing. And um, I we wanted this record. I wanted this record to have similar qualities, and I wanted it to have artwork that deserved to be looked at as much as kids will look at something. Yeah. I, I honestly, with this with this collage, I feel like. If anyone gets the record, they'll be able to like lay on their belly and look at this artwork yeah. for hours and, and notice, just notice different different ways that the pictures go together and imagine why these, you know, weird combinations work together. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like my, my friend Chris Feely said recently, we were talking, saying that he was saying that um that one of the things vinyl does is it it presents music in a way it presents music in a way that says that you can just listen to music as an activity right. and that you can just listen and that that is doing something and that's a way that you can experience music yeah and as a singular thing that you right. that you take in and, right um and, and it's and it's a it's a lost that, art it's a lost art to be able to do that i think in a lot of ways but i i agree that the 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 record to be able to sit with music you yeah mean? Uh, yeah i think yeah. so i think so yeah I agree. Um, it takes discipline. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it takes discipline. And I think that, you know, I, I think I can speak. I will speak for myself and not project my feelings onto you. But having three kids, I, I don't get that opportunity, really, unless I'm in the car. But, sure. you know, know. Th- even that can get can get interrupted. And I think that w- one piece, you know, when when talking about vinyl and when talking about the aesthetic of th- of this record that you made, like we're really talking about a record. Like you really do have like vinyl copies that people can pick mm-hmm. up, right? That people can pick up a hold and put on their record player at home. And I think that's, you know, really, uh, I, I saw that, that you were doing that. I was like, that's cool. Sarah's cool. That's really cool. I'm trying to, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it, it, that was a very specific thing that I was going for, but, um, but digitally it works too, because the of just the way that we the sequence works it's obvious like it, it's just all connected right um so it doesn't really work on shuffle that well because the songs will feel uh, abrupt abruptly starting and ending but but the, we i sequenced it so that the songs would just kind of flow by and you wouldn't necessarily be thinking oh this is the fourth song like hopefully hopefully it all just kind of drifts by and you can um enjoy it without fe- it feeling segmented yeah um 
and and as for the the stopping and listening of course like i don't listen to music like that either very often i have to really make choices yeah but i might ideally like i don't know for kids i've noticed that my daughter does do that sometimes like she will just stop and listen to something and look at a book while something's on and that's enough for her and so that's um every once in a while i mean i feel like I feel like the attention is there sometimes right. if we let it, if we let it do that. And then yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think we're talking about this as like an adult perspective versus a kid's perspective. And I've seen totally. that too. Like my kids will listen to something. Now I can't attest to the quality of it or if I would be like, if it would be my choice for what they're listening to, but they'll mm-hmm. like sit there in color while they're listening to music. And like, in my mind, that's that's a great thing, and it sounds like you have a absolutely a similar experience. They're into it. They're yeah. taking things in and they're learning about something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, and and like I think what what I found is, uh, I mean, it's just really cool. It's really cool t- when your kid hears something, and then like a great game is like, hey, daddy, play the song where they go where they go fingers and paints. I'm like. What? <laughs> what are you talking? You know, and like it took me the longest time. This is my my son was probably like three years old. It's fingers and paints, fingers and paints. I'm like, ah. Uh. And then finally, we figured out that it's a it was from a song by the new pornographers called "My Rights Versus Yours," where he actually says fingers and paints. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And it's like a brilliant lyrical moment. And I'm like, how did he pick up on that? And oh my gosh, this is crazy. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so I, I love the idea of sequencing and the idea, and for people who don't know, sequencing is the, the order with which the album is put together, right? Songs one through, in this case, songs one yeah. through 15. Most records are made by just picking the songs. And then after the fact, after they're all recorded, you sort of put them in different orders and figure out which is the best sequence. Um, and this record, I went into knowing that it would be much better if all the songs flowed together or as many as possible. So um, I created a, a, a hypothetical sequence and we went with that. And we did a little practice swing at the rec- recording process and then um, we realized that there were some transitions that could be better. So we switched the songs around, um, took some out of the front half and put them in the back half and eased the transition, maybe did the key change that was necessary and um, and to make it flow because I didn't want it to be like, okay, here's the fourth mellow song in a row, then it stops and here's another one. <laughs> I wanted it to kind of connect in, in a way that, that had the record fly by rather than... Um, tick by mm-hmm. absolutely and and it comes through and i mean it's just so and the sound is consistent right like so the production's really consistent the instruments sound so good the voices sound so good you, you even do uh pure imagination from charlie and the chocolate factory which is like <laughs> yeah which is just like that's like the song everybody knows the song and it's such a great, such a great choice. And the way that you do it is so amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. There's, and you know, we should just say, I'll just shout out a couple. There's a blue shadows on the trail, which is another of those, like uh, sort of, I, I, I don't, for lack of a better word, and you can correct me, please, but like more of like a cowboy type of song, which I yeah. thought was really, really fun. Um, from three. Do you me, know what that's from? I, yeah. I mean, just cause I'm looking at the thing right now, but no, I don't. Let's pretend I don't. I have no idea. What's that from? 
It's 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 a, one of the songs from Three Amigos when three, they're all uh, at the campfire. Oh, that's so uh, great. I'm like doing the yeah. the Three Amigo secret handshake thing in my in my chair. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody go watch Three Randy Amigos. Newman wrote Randy Newman wrote all the songs for that, and he co-wrote the movie. Fun fact. Did he really? That is a fun fact. Actually, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some some Disney classics on here, but the last one I want to hear about from you, the creator, is is an original song called "Night Singing," um, which is beautiful. Um, and I believe there's a video for that as well at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about night singing, where that one came from and, and, and maybe what it means to you. Well, it's, it's, it's meaning more and more to me. Um, oddly, I, I wrote it for my daughter. It started as a poem, I wrote it in July and, uh, my friend Sebastian and I were, doing the little text back and forth checkups, like, have you gone for a walk yet today? Have you, right. <laughs> have you had any water? <laughs> and, um, and he asked me if I, if I'd played guitar yet today. And so, um, I kind of spent some time with this little poem that I'd written and, and, and wrote the song. And, um, I wrote it for my daughter, but I realized over the course of, of singing it to myself while, you know, finishing little little tweaks of the lyrics, um, I realized that I really needed to hear it sung to me. And um, it's just this, you know, this song that I wrote to kind of calm and comfort my daughter and, and, um, and just to say, I love you. And uh, it repeats, I love you at the end and I never would have said that in another song. It it, it just I think is too earnest, and and in, in any other song it, it might. Um, I don't think I would let myself write that. And uh, but because I was singing it to my daughter, I was I was able to, and and consequently I was able to sing it to myself, and to and to have it sung to me. Um, and and it's it's really uh, I I think that this song is a good example of what I'm hoping for from this album and why I, why I often think of it as, as more of a family record than a children's record. Yeah. Even though the, the intent was for children, because I, I want parents to be able to receive something from it too. My, my hope is that anybody listening to it will uh, be able to remember these songs from their childhood and also, uh, enjoy the, the imaginative play that's in so many of these beautiful lyrics and soaring melodies. And also um, just be on the receiving end of some of the kindness that a lot of these songs offer. Because since some of them aren't, weren't intended for children originally, Moon River and um, uh, Good, uh, uh, Oh, You'll Never Walk Alone and, and some other ones, Beautiful Dreamer. I feel like, um, they have they offer things to to people in every stage in life, and uh, so that's my hope that that this record can be of use to to the whole family. Yeah, and and the the my reality for for this record from this record is that great music is great music, and you and and the intention to write a uh, or to create a record for kids 
that you did. You absolutely did. But you also, just because of who you are and the thoughtful thoughtfulness is thoughtfulness a word but the thought with which you put into <laughs> that doesn't make sense either the way that you thought all of this through in such a thoughtfulness really... is absolutely a word <laughs> okay the thoughtfulness with which you put the record together and the songs that you chose like it's it's meaningful and 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 will will be appreciated by anyone that that listens to it and and i really think that the way that you talked about um, night singing your original song where you put some things out there that you wouldn't typically put into a song um i mean that resonates with me because i would have a hard time doing that too um and for it to but but you're coming from such a real place with it and a real place on like multiple levels and i love that you said that you needed to hear it too um and and mm. and i think that this is all magnified because this is such a weird time in the world um even though it does appear that there is like a small sliver of light at the end of the tunnel we still need things to hold on to and i'm so so glad that um you gave us this song that that we can hold on to as well so i want to thank you for that i appreciate that thank you yeah, absolutely so um so sarah we've talked about the record we've talked about you know, how you got to this point, we got into some really interesting stuff. Um, how can people find out more about you? How can they connect with you on social media or, uh, you know, I, I guess that's it, social media or, uh, I don't know, a paper pamphlet that you hand out? <laughs> a zine. Yeah. Um, I have, a, I'm mostly present on Instagram. Um, I think things are then spread to Facebook, but uh, the place that I go is, is Instagram because I just can't do, I can't do all of it. I just yeah. can't, I can't do more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's my main place to go and post things and to let people know what I'm up to. Um, so follow me there and uh, the records available um, anywhere that you get your music and I'll be on tour in the fall with Watkins family hour, because oh. we, we put out a record called brother sister, awesome. um, last April. And so we we've got some dates in the fall. So fingers crossed these, wow. these shows actually happen. That is more than a sliver of light at the end of the tunnel. That's a real deal. Live music. That's really exciting. Um, so, so Sarah, thanks for being so, so open and, and kind in talking to me. Uh, we're, we're going to play a song from the record. Now, will you introduce, the the song that we have chosen together yes this is night singing all right from the album under the pepper tree out this friday march 26th thanks sarah thank you Listen to the night 
Stuff.